This is episode 174 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are Survival for the Common Man, Where to Start, and Radiation Detectors, They Are Selling Out Worldwide, and Here's Why. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, welcome to this Monday podcast. I hope you had a great weekend. hope you had some time to, uh, to get out there and enjoy life, enjoy some fresh air, enjoy the family, maybe uh, do a little bit of prepping one way or the other. Uh, I got to focus on spiritual prepping this weekend. We, uh, we went out to a men's retreat. Uh, with four, uh, three other churches, and uh, we went out to the Texas Baptist Encampment in Palacios, Texas. Uh, it's about two hours away from uh, from where we are in Houston, and uh, it was great, man. It was great to be able to fellowship with uh, with other men, and be able to just uh, you know spend time in the Word and prayer, and uh, eating, and even taking a nap or two. Uh, that was it was just it was it was good. Uh, the weather cooperated, although it was. It looked pretty rough there going into the weekend. We started praying, and, and the Lord blessed us. And a hundred percent chance of rain turned into twenty. And then uh, that last so Sunday, uh, when we were supposed to uh, uh, to leave, it was a hundred percent chance of rain. So we went ahead, and, and we were going to do an outside service, but we had it. We had went ahead and had it inside. Uh, thank goodness, because it did rain. It rained pretty hard. But by the time we finished with our service, the rain was gone, and uh, we had a little cold front come in. So. Uh, real, real blessing. If you ever get a chance, if your church does anything like that, uh, if you if you go to church and your church does anything like that, d- do it. I mean, it's it's uh, you know it, it eats, eats up your weekend, and uh, sometimes you know the, the, the beds are not the <laughs> the beds were not the best. You know, you're not gonna definitely not be in a, a Holiday Inn or anything like that. But uh, uh, it, it's always good. It's always good to feed your soul and uh, and be with the Lord and be with other men who love the Lord as well. And uh, that, that's great. So uh, hopefully you, you get a chance to do that here sometime soon. Hey, we had a, a, a review on iTunes, and uh, I just really appreciate it. Another five-star re- review by Mr. Fix-It Handyman. Uh, he says, I try not to miss an episode. I have learned a lot, and I really appreciate your Christian perspective. Thanks, and God bless you for your work. And uh, we're starting to uh, – I, I know there's a lot of you who are Christians out there uh, – that are uh, responding, and I do really appreciate that. Uh, I don't hide my faith at all. Uh, I'm not trying to make this, uh, you know, something that I'm not. Uh, I am a believer first before anything else, and so uh, I try to apply that to uh, to my prepping and uh, where I feel the the Lord is leading me on that. So hey, thanks so much, uh, Mr. Fix It Handyman. I appreciate your uh, your review. It means a lot to me. Hey, um. I was looking, I was on Twitter uh, when we got home, just kind of spent a little bit of time on Twitter and uh, just kind of catching up with the news and uh, noticed uh, an article from the Gateway Pundit, uh, NFL Hell, several stadiums nearly empty as anthem protest backlash rolls into week seven. And so, uh, you know, there's, so anyway, so they were showing pictures of some of the stadiums where you could see uh, that there was a lot of empty seats. Uh, so a lot of a lot of tweets that that they just kind of embedded into this article. I'm going to go ahead and link to it if you're interested in it. 
But I think there's what what this is saying to me mostly more than anything is not necessarily the football aspect of it, right? It's just that there is power when people get behind something and they say, "Hey, you know what? We're not going to have that." Uh, there is power behind that. And so I think, you know, we saw that with the populist movement, you know, the electing, you know, Donald Trump into the White House. I think people finally got fed up. We're tired of regular Republicans. We're tired of regular Democrats going and saying one thing and doing another thing and really not, you know, uh, uh, doing anything that's really good for the common man. And all they are about power. We have, uh, you know, people look at the NFL and they look at a bunch of spoiled brats. You know, wanting to, to to you know to kneel during the anthem, and however you feel about that, there are so many things along the lines, right? Most most everybody that's going to be in the preparedness, uh, you know, lifestyle is going to be more patriotic and like, hey, they need to stand, but they've really done damage to themselves, and that can go for anything. You you have uh, we if if uh, the American people started boycotting things, right? Uh, you know, uh, people started schools. Educ- education. We started. We started pulling our kids out of education, and it's like, look, until you guys start teaching you <laughs> teaching the right way, we're not going to do this. We're going to homeschool, or we're going to, you know, we're going to go to private school. It's going to be hard. We're going to have to sacrifice, but we're going to do it. You know, all, all along the lines, there's so many things that we can do if we just kind of, uh, if if we just kind of spoke up with our actions, you know. And uh, it, it would mean so, so much, and, and it would send a message. I think a lot of the times, though, we have become very lethargic and very lazy. And as long as we have bread and circuses, you've heard that term before, bread and circuses, then we're, we're good. You know, we just we want to be entertained, we want to be fed, and then we don't care about anything else. And, and the fact is, is that I think a lot of people are, are, are starting to see uh, beyond that. You know, they're starting to, to see way beyond that and realizing that, Years and years of sitting on the sidelines, years and years of not saying anything, has finally gotten to the point where uh, it's starting to infringe, not starting to, has been infringing on their freedoms, and uh, they're they're sick and tired of it. So uh, I think the NFL, I I really do believe this is probably the start of of more of a movement, uh, because I think other companies and other businesses are going to start to see what's going on here. And they're going to start making moves and realizing, you know, I'm kind of curious what, uh, uh, and, and I'm not a big sports person, but I'm curious, you know, what the NBA is going to start doing and what uh, Major League is going to start doing. I, I, I believe probably after, you know, Houston just went to the World Series uh, or is going to the World Series. So maybe Major League during the summertime break after this World Series, they're going to start sitting down and saying, hey, we don't, we, we don't want what happened to the NFL to happen to Major League Baseball, so we better get you know, ahead of this and start making some good decisions. And so you know, a lot of that are people that are, in, uh, that are patriots and in the preparedness movement and uh, who believe uh, you know, that, that they're, they look back at our history and they say, man, that was a better time because these things were in place. And uh, so anyway, I think that's, I, I, I'm not pointing this out because of the NFL thing. I'm pointing it out because of the, of the power of people to be able to say, hey, we're not going to participate in this if you're going to go off the rails. And uh, there's, a, there's a lot of power there. Hey, over on the, the Facebook group, right, the Prepper website Facebook group, we have a, a, a Prepper website page, which, it, you know, it kind of runs by itself and, and articles get sent to it from Prepper website automatically. 
but we have a Facebook group. Uh, I talk about it pretty often. I hang out there a lot more. And sometimes, uh, you know, I, I'm there and people are, are asking questions and stuff and I purposely don't answer because I want other people to, to, to get in there and, and provide advice as well because there's a, there's a lot of advice. I mean, the, when you look at all the people that are in there and the, um, just the collective wisdom and uh, the years of preparedness, it's kind of like, wow, man, you know, they don't, you know, I don't need to be answering every question or I don't need to be, you know, giving my comment on everything. There's some really great stuff going on in there. And so, you know, it's, it's not every single, uh, you know, hour of the day people are posting things, but it might be one good post a day, but it's, it's good stuff. And I'm really proud of what's going on over there. And I, I do monitor it very closely because I, I want it to be a place where people feel comfortable asking questions and they're not going to get ripped for it. Um, they can come. If, you, if you're a new prepper, maybe you're new to, uh, to the Prepper website podcast and you have some questions about, hey, what do I do here? How do I prep here? What does this mean here? And you can go drop it over there and uh, you can feel confident that there's not going to be people, you know, making fun of you or ripping on you. And if they do, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be... Uh, uh, deleted very very quickly and uh, not allowed to come back in but anyway I wanted to point out because uh, Barbara is pretty active over there on the Facebook group and she always gives us these little tidbits you know uh, daily tidbits and uh, I, I really appreciate them because there's a lot of insight a little wisdom a lot of wisdom and usually it's just like a paragraph worth but it's like it packs a punch and there's usually more information there or at least gets you thinking that sometimes a lot of articles there so I I, uh, I asked her for permission if like every once in a while I can bring these out on the Facebook uh, or on the podcast and uh, yeah she said yeah go for it uh, if and so I'm gonna do it maybe I'll, I'll call them barbarisms I don't know so uh, but here it goes today's tidbit from the farm enjoying the simpler pleasures in life building tangible life skills that will be valuable in leaner times is without question a wise idea have you considered the importance of developing the ability to enjoy much simpler pleasures than are currently available in our fast-paced society. Presently, I am listening to a locally produced bluegrass program on a battery-powered radio, vintage, vintage purple L.L. Bean Eaton FR300. There is no boys' music system here, and I last turned on the TV to watch Rudolph three years ago. There are no video games. I love to read, however, and have a good library of quality literature and nonfiction books. In times gone by, oral family reading was a common evening pastime, especially in the winter. When was the last time you practiced reading effectively out loud? How, how many board games, not electronic, are in your household? If you don't know card games, rules beyond poker or go fish, perhaps you should invest in a book of card game rules. Does observing nature stir something deep in you? Never miss a sunset. Think about it. So, all right. Uh, little barbarisms there and think about it. I mean, what do you, what do you have that uh, you can turn off maybe the TV, you can turn off electronics, uh, spend a little bit of family time together and, uh, you know, uh, you know, that was one thing one of the pastors said this, uh, this weekend, uh, is like, you know, when, when we, when the TV tray was, uh, was invented and people started eating, eating in front of the TV tray and stopped eating around the family table, uh, you know that uh, there was a there was a big loss there. You know, and uh, that uh, how true is that? But anyway, Barbaraisms over there. I'll read them from time to time, and uh, you can go check out more of them. There's a lot of great ones there. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into this article, the first article of the podcast, and uh, this was actually from um, uh, from my website, EdThatMatters.com, and it's a it's a series that I have kind of started, 
Uh, I, I'm trying to put out one a week, but I didn't get to this weekend because, of course, I was at the retreat. Uh, but this one, uh, the series is entitled Survival for the Common Man, Where to Start. And really, this kind of, um, really the podcast really kind of got me headed in this direction because I know that there's a lot I'm hearing from new preppers, people who have found the website because they're on iTunes or because they're on some podcast catcher. And uh, for whatever, they, they hit another podcast that kind of linked them, linked them to this, or maybe they searched for something and, and this popped up. And so I know that there's a lot of new preppers, and I, I decided to go ahead and just, uh, you know, what would I, starting over, from, from what I know now, and so this is, this is really the way that I'm approaching it, from what I know now about preparedness, how would I start if I had someone in front of me, and I was trying to help them to understand preparedness, how would I start off with them? What would I try to get them to understand? And so I'm trying to do smaller articles with bite-sized pieces that will help someone really uh, truly prepare and not just kind of like, hey, go buy this, go buy that, go buy that, go, go get some gear. All right, so here we go. Uh, again, the title is Survival for the Common Man, Where to Start. You can make some costly mistakes if you don't start your preparedness journey off right. Preparedness websites, Pinterest, and Facebook posts will get you on all the sexy gear or doom porn if you're not careful. Instead, the newly awakened preppers should take a deep breath and start with a plan. The preparedness community often says new preppers need a plan, but how do you actually go about doing it? Well, here are the steps. What are you prepping for? Put aside all the big fear events like EMP, supervolcanoes, and polar shifts. Focus on the more likely reasons to be prepared, like natural disasters, personal financial, financial crisis, medical needs, and safety for you and your family. Time to prepare for the big stuff will come, but many new preppers make the mistake of preparing for the big ones when the more likely scenarios get left behind. No one on earth has really experienced an EMP, but families experience natural disasters, job losses, medical emergencies, and crime every day. Let's start here. Digging deeper into your preparedness. Now that you have a foundation on where to start, let's start to dig deeper into these categories of preparedness. The purpose here is to ask the right questions. With the right questions, you can find the answers. I have prepared a free planner for you to download to help you walk through some of these questions. To download the planner, click here. So natural disasters. Do you live in an area that is prone to natural disasters? Natural disasters would be hurricanes, tornadoes, flooding, blizzards, snow, drought, areas prone to forest fires, etc. Make a list of the natural disasters that are relevant to your area. If you have lived in the area for a long time, you will be familiar with the natural disasters that can occur. If you are new to the area, ask your coworkers or neighbors about some of your concerns. For example, you could use flooding in Houston with Hurricane Harvey to open your conversation. Quote, I'm new to the area. I was wondering if this area experiences any flooding like they have experienced in Houston or are there possibly any other natural disasters that you have experienced, end quote. Lastly, you can visit USA.com. Drill down to your state and zip code area and click on the Natural Disaster tab on the left to see historical data. So there's a picture there of uh, USA.com and I think that's a great website. Uh, that's a great website for, uh, for looking up a whole bunch of data, uh, natural disaster. But even if you are thinking about moving to a, a different part of the country for whatever reason, 
you can type in a zip code and you can get information. So I think, uh, uh, or you, you can start there. You can get a lot of information. That's a good place to start. All right, continuing on. Financial. Do you have a budget? Do you have savings? Are you living paycheck to paycheck? Are you living below your means? If you were to lose your job, could you pay your bills or will the lights be turned off? What are other points of financial stress that you might experience? For example, does your vehicle or home require repairs? So start with your budget. If you don't tell your money what to do, it will do whatever it wants. Check out Position Yourself for Financial SHTF, Practical Steps for Paying Down Debt and Saving Money. For more information and a link to download a free budget spreadsheet. Make adjustments to your living style if you need to. It's easy. You need to spend less than you bring in. A lot less. You must budget for an emergency fund or savings. Plan on having enough of an emergency fund to cover three to six months worth of expenses. This emergency fund should cover the necessities like a mortgage or rent, utilities, food, and gas for your vehicle. Don't plan on touching this emergency fund. It's for an emergency. Start a fund to take care of home and vehicle repairs. Medical. Are you healthy? When was the last time you had a checkup? Are your teeth in good shape? Do you have any health concerns? All your preparedness efforts won't do you a bit of good if you are unhealthy. Emergencies are stressful and require a lot of energy to get through. If you are in a prolonged emergency, you will struggle greatly and your family and loved ones might not be able to depend on you. Evaluate your lifestyle. Do you need to lose weight? Do you need to start exercising? Make a plan to start right away. Crime. Do you know the crime statistics for your community? Do you know where the nearest police station is located? Do you have a way to find out about neighborhood crime? Is your home safe? Do you have a way to defend yourself? Visit crime reports and drill down to your community. Is crime an issue in your area? If you need, needed to, how would you defend yourself? A firearm? Mace? Locate the nearest police station and get the phone number to the precinct. Do a safety audit of your home. Contact your local police department for more information. So that, uh, that uh, there's a link to crime reports here. And crime reports will allow you, it's kind of almost like a Google map where it allows you to drill down into your area. And as you're drilling down, even you can go to your street level, uh, you can get all kinds of information like uh, uh, even you know people who have uh, had to register to be uh, sexual predators and stuff like that. But uh, all kinds of crime, you can get that information. And you know, one of the things, if you haven't done that in a while, you might want to do that because you know we live sometimes in areas where... We, we, we just, you know, it, it's kind of like when um, you haven't seen someone for a long time and the last time you saw them, you had this picture in your mind and then and then all of a sudden you see them again and it's been years and years and it's kind of like, oh man, they, they've really, really changed. You know, maybe they gained weight or maybe they got taller or whatever, whatever has happened. And it's the same kind of deal, idea with our area. We live there, we, we see it every single day, and we don't really notice changes that are happening because it's just, we're, we're there, we, we see it. But maybe if you were to start looking, really drill down to the crime, like, hey, wait a minute, man, these, you know, this crime, crime in my area has really been going up. I don't ever remember it being like this before. Uh, you know, and so that might be something you might want to wanna look into for your, for your, uh, for your area. So I have some action steps here is to download the planner and fill it out. So you, I've got, I'm creating worksheets whenever I can for uh, forever, whatever these, uh, the, the topics are that I'm, that I'm coming up with. I have ideas or, you know, laid out for a while. Uh, if I can make a worksheet, I'm going to make a worksheet. Just kind of make it easier, especially if you're a new prepper. Just something to kind of 
help you think through because it's one thing to kind of process maybe an article but it's another thing. I mean, we're not talking about rocket science here. I'm not talking about, you know, this is just a, a, a PDF worksheet that will allow you to put some pen, pen to paper and uh, put some thoughts down to help you, you know, figure out where you're headed and where you're going. So I wanted to end with, uh, I have this, this paragraph here at the end of why I'm doing this. It says, why survival for the common man? I love to gain experience in wilderness survival, bushcraft, homesteading, and tactical preparedness. But the truth is, most preppers are regular, everyday people, the common man. We live in the suburbs, go to our day jobs, attend school and family events. But we also see the world around us and see the need to be prepared to make sure our family is safe and able to thrive in times of uncertainty. There are more of us than you might realize. This series is for you. All right. So um, you are welcome to go over. I'm going to link to this article. Uh, like always, and you can go click on some of these links and make it very, very easy for you, uh, like USA.com and Crime, Report, Crime Reports, and also uh, allow you to, uh, you'll, you'll have the link to be able to download that planner if, uh, if you want to download that planner. All right, so that's over at edmatters.com. All right, this next article is talking about uh, radiation detectors, but it's not just kind of like, it's not just about, uh, you know, hey, you need a radiation detector. There's a little bit more information here. And uh, that's one reason why I, uh, I, uh, I, I chose to, to, to read it on the podcast. You know, it's kind of like one of those things. You don't judge a book by its cover. You don't always judge an article by its title. And uh, there's, there's uh, you know, I, I've been uh, guilty of that before where I've looked at a title. And I'm like, eh, yeah, it's not something I want to I wanna look at or not something that I'll be interested in. But then for whatever reason, I start, you know, scanning it. I'm like, well, wait a minute. You know, there's a, there's a lot that goes into uh, you know, a title. A title can, you know, push you away or, or suck you in. But, uh, you know, again, don't always judge an article by its title. So, uh, again, this is at thepreppingguide.com. Thepreppingguide.com, radiation detectors. They are selling out worldwide, and here's why. Let's go ahead and read this one. Handheld radiation detectors tell you what you can't see, smell, or taste. But what could make you horribly sick and at the moment their cells have skyrocketed for that exact reason? Radiation is an invisible component that has huge, huge detrimental effects on the human body and unless you have something to, to detect it, you are practically blind to its levels and won't notice anything, uh, it, n- notice anything till it's too late. The nuclear threat is higher now than ever as superpower countries compete flex and test their nuclear weapons and in one pocket of the world is the radical North Korea taunting much larger countries to enter into a nuclear fight. It is this reason as well as possible future struggles and conflicts involving nuclear weapons that have seen a spike in radiation suits, gas masks and IOSAT pills. Alright, hey, let me uh, stop right here because there's something that I, uh, I did read that I forgot to, uh, to mention. Uh, it, I've, I've seen articles that uh, President Trump is calling up retired pilots to fill the need to uh, fly some of uh, uh, some of our bombers, I guess, you know, and so that should raise a little bit of concern. Now, is it is it propaganda to kind of maybe send a message to the rest of the world? Uh, possibly. It could be, or is it, you know, the reality is like, hey, we have a bunch of bomber planes and we need to make sure that we have the men to fly them. And uh, what does that mean? And so, uh, you know, that plays into all of this, exactly what was being said here in this article. All right, continuing on. 
But now the market is turning towards the likely possibility of your first steps outside the front door of your make-do shelter to look at how you might test the radiation of the air, the ground, and water after a possible nuclear strike or nuclear reactor leak after a blackout. Before we look into what radiation detectors do and how they work, we should look at why they are important. What radiation can do to the body? The most common question people ask is, what will radiation do to me? To answer something like this, we first need to look at how much radiation is involved. Radiation isn't just a one-hit kill type of matter. We are exposed to low levels of radiation every single day. How much of it determines where we are, whether we are affected or not. In looking at harmful levels of radiation, there are two different types of exposure, acute and chronic. Acute exposure is where a dose of radiation is received all at once. This would be something like an x-ray or a CT scan you might have done for health reasons. Think of it as a once-off sudden impact of a packet of radiation. The other type is chronic exposure. This is a level of exposure of a long period of time. This would be where a nuclear attack has happened and you are walking around post-fallout without protective equipment being exposed to consistent strong levels of radiation. This has occurred in the past in places such as Chernobyl, Hiroshima, and Fukushima. Rain or a bucket of water. If you consider radiation exposure like water, you can either have a huge bucket thrown at you all at once, or you can have a bucket's worth of rain on you at a slow pour. In both circumstances, you are going to get very wet, but when it comes to radiation, those effects can differ from the bucket to the rain. Both are obviously bad for your health. So with this in mind, when the nuclear bomb was designed, it included both to be a quick effect as well as a long-lasting weapon. For a person who experiences a nuclear explosion, they will receive two doses, one from the initial blast and the second from the fallout as the particulars sit on the ground post-explosion. This is why nuclear weapons are dangerous missiles and not something to take lightly. For acute exposure of radiation, the lowest count of exposure 25 to 50 rem or rads will see a drop in white blood cell count. For the medically termed radiation syndrome, which occurs at about 150 to 350 rads, there are typical symptoms of radiation poisoning such as nausea, fatigue, hair loss, and the skin goes red like a sunburn. Anything more than more and there is a 50% chance of dying within 30 days. When it comes to chronic exposure, where people are subjected to repeated doses of high radiation counts over time, there are long-term effects. These can be increased risk of internal or external bleeding, fertility problems including loss of menstruation and reduced libido, changes in kidney function leading to anemia and high blood pressure, heart problems, changes to the skin, loss, changes in the skin, loss of hair, future birth defects, bone marrow deaths, gastrointestinal death, central nervous system death, and more. For a nuclear bomb to hit a city, the blast would be anywhere from 5 to 10 miles with the strength of 500 rads. That means most people in that vicinity would suffer death from the blast or the fallout. For those that are caught in the fallout, a highly recommended medication is potassium iodide or iostat to limit the body's absorption of radiation particulates, particles. Sorry. You can see why there's a need to detect radiation. Without something like a radiation detector, we are essentially guessing what the radiation value is until someone gets incredibly sick. Then we know we are in trouble. 
This is essentially a human canary in a coal mine. Using the right protective equipment against radiation is paramount, but to know when that equipment is needed or not is also essential. Radiation detectors have built in ionizing radiation detectors that use gas molecules that ionize with radiation particles, setting off electrons in a reaction known as a Geiger discharge. This is why most radiation detectors are also referred to as a Geiger counter. For most handheld radiation detectors, their best and most accurate detection is in confined spaces, topsoil, and objects that may have radiation contamination. So what about the effects of an electromagnetic pulse against radiation detectors? This is a common concern that I personally have had a lot of questions about, especially with the backup effects that can be posed by a nuclear bomb's EMP to shut down electrical processes with a very large area. Thankfully, because a lot of these devices are designed for the purpose of nuclear radiation detection, they have, in, they have inbuilt mechanisms to cope with EMP waves. Personally, with a device like this, I wouldn't risk the chance that the electrics could become faulty, so I would either, at the warning of a nuclear attack, keep the radiation detector in the microwave with any other electrics and plug it in uh, at the wall for grounding, or construct a rubbish bin Faraday cage, or perhaps an EMP Faraday bag. These solutions will ensure any radiation detectors are still able to work after a nuclear attack. So how to use radiation detectors? Handheld radiation detectors available on the market today are very easy to use. This is also one of the reasons why they are being widely purchased at the moment as a simple to use device to detect a terribly harmful material. The alert timing of these instruments varies from 5 to 20 seconds depending upon the radiation count and the capacity of the radiation detector you decide to use. For mo most radiation detectors, 20 seconds provides a highly accurate result as to the level of radiation that the detector encountered. When you are using the device, the indicator screen will display the reading in either sieverts, units of ionizing radiation doses, and a measure of the health effects of low levels of ionizing radiation on the human body, or counts per minute CPM, or counts per second CPS, or rotagons per hour. How to choose the right one. Choosing the right radiation detectors are important when looking at this equipment as this is something you don't want failing or giving inaccurate readings. To know how to choose the best radiation detector is simple. They need to have a certification by, by a country that has put these items under real test conditions. For the U.S., this would be an NRC certification. However, some of the big selling radiation detectors have also been certified in Japan and Germany. What radiation detectors have been used in real scenarios? The Radix RD1503 was the most widely used civilian available radiation detector in Japan near the Fukushima Daiichi plant. It is quickly selling out in stores because of its history as a reliable Geiger counter and because of its easy to use interface. I'm going to go ahead and click on this just because I want to see the, uh, uh, what it's running on Amazon. All right, that Radix RD1503 is about 150, it's $154.95 on Amazon. So, uh, and it has 4.5 stars and 54 reviews. All right, so uh, it's not, definitely not out of price range for a lot of people, um, but you got to, you know, decide if that's something you want. But there's, there's a couple of others here. Uh, the GQ GMC 300E plus digital Geiger counter. This is quite an old radiation detector modeled off very large Geiger counters 
and in, innovated to be a smaller replicant of the power that much larger and more expensive counters have. There have been a number of Americans who have driven across the country recording the spikes in radiation pockets in interesting areas with these. And then the GCA07W professional Geiger counter. Uh, the reason why these are buyers, why there are buyers attracted to this one, is because of its external Geiger counter and which wand, sorry, Geiger counter wand, which runs feedback through to the device. With the possible likelihood of a nuclear attack, it pays to have the right protective equipment to keep yourself safe from any form of concentrated radiation. Our post on the gas mask and protective gear you need for a nuclear, chemical, or biological attack, NBC, takes you through what you need and how to make sure you are buying the right gear by looking at the science behind the nuclear attacks. Alright, so um, there, are, there are a lot of links here, including to some other articles that they have written on the preppingguide.com. Uh, definitely go check that out. But, you know, that's one of those, one of those things. I remember, um, uh, those of you who maybe have been prepping for a while, or maybe even if you're new, but you watched the show Jericho years ago. I mean, that was a great show. I mean, you know, uh, you look at it now, it's probably, you know, so-so, but back then it was, it was a great show. And uh, one of the things after the, you know, the, the nuclear bombs went off and, and, and all that stuff, um, uh, the African-American actor, I can't remember his name in it, but uh, he was, you know, kind of like, uh, I don't know, he was one of those uh, spy behind the scenes kind of manipulators trying to, you know, had all the bombs and all that kind of junk. Anyway, uh, he makes that mention of, you know, you're going to have to... Uh, you're going to have to dig down deep, you know, like a foot to two feet, uh, remove that topsoil if you're going to be gardening, right? And, uh, and so I don't know why. That's always kind of stuck with me there. And uh, I, I definitely is going to depend on how much radiation you have. But we don't always think about that. You know, we, we talk about uh, locking down and, and making sure that you lock up your, your, your home very well. And I'm saying lock up, but I mean like, uh, you're, you're covering windows and you're covering the inlets and, and, and all those kinds of things. So you want to sit tight for two or three days, um, maybe even longer to make sure that, you know, all the radiation, uh, all the, the particles that are in the, in the, the air and in the atmosphere can kind of settle down on the ground. And then after that, you want to be careful about that. But again, it's going to depend in, depend on where bombs go off. It's going to depend on um, uh, the the jet stream and how uh, you know the wind, how the the prevailing winds are blowing, and all those kinds of things uh, to determine you know how bad it would be. But uh, those are all things that we um, uh, you know that we read about and we we learn about as preppers uh, things to do. And so uh, those kinds of things, uh, maybe, maybe we need to read one of those articles here uh, you know, pretty soon. Like, what would you do? Uh, there's been a lot of great articles. You can go over to the Prepper website podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. You can go over to PrepperWebsite.com and uh, go over to the tag cloud. So that would be on the right-hand corner. Uh, you can do the little drop-down and click on uh, Prepping Topics. And you can go look up nuclear and radiation and uh, find all kinds of uh, great articles that have been written on uh, what you would do if this is something that maybe is a concern for you. And, uh, you know, there are, there are those articles that say certain cities would be hit more. Like, for instance, uh, the Port of Houston, because the Port of Houston is very, um, is very popular. It's a big port. A lot of ships come in there. 
a lot of supplies and materials come in there. And then we have, uh, you know, Pasadena and, and, and Bay City, and we have all those refineries down there. Uh, they've always said that that was, you know, that would be uh, something that was hit. If it was a big, uh, a big nuclear war, that would be uh, places that, were, that would be hit. And so depending on the size of the, of the, the nuclear bomb or the missile would determine, you know, how far that uh, the blast would go and then how, you know, which way the winds were blowing would determine how far that, uh, you know, the fallout uh, gets to. But anyway, just uh, another thing to kind of keep your mind uh, going. You know, sometimes it's kind of scary too, but uh, it, it's one of those things that you, you want to you know and you want to be able to be prepared. Uh, and so you have a little bit of information with that. All right, guys. Well, I uh, appreciate you being here and uh, hanging out with us again for another week of uh, preparedness articles, great preparedness articles. If you're looking for more, you can always go over to PrepperWebsite.com. We post somewhere between 8 to 12 uh, every, every evening and, uh, you know, all the, the best articles that are out there. And uh, if you're wanting to learn more about preparedness, there's plenty out there. Uh, for you. Hey, if you get a chance, I'd love to hear feedback from you. You can always come to episode 174 and drop me a line. Uh, I'd also uh, welcome you if you haven't joined the Facebook group. You're welcome to go over there and be a part of that group and be a part of that community over there. And I also would love to have any kind of your feedback. If you if you don't want to come over to the website, you feel free to hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. I would you know one of the things I probably need to do is I need to start posting those uh, those links. Maybe in the show notes. Uh, maybe I think about that. But you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and uh, you know we make it really easy for you to link from the website uh, out to those social media accounts. And I, I'd love to hear from you uh, there as well. All right, so uh, have a great week. We're going to start. We started off right. Have a great week, and uh, on all that, uh, look forward to spending more time with you this week. With that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.